You are now listening to the Hunter's Advantage Podcast. We preserve the history and sport of hunting through curious conversation and action-packed hunts, as well as offering you tips and strategy for more successful hunts. Hey everybody, welcome back to the Hunter's Advantage Podcast. This is episode number 132. I'm Christian Babcock. I'm Jake. Today. <laughs> it's going to be a long night, boys. <laughs> oh no, I'm keeping this as the intro. If Peyton, if Peyton would have said, I'm Peyton immediately after, I would have, I would have died. He said, play along, play along. You threw me off with that one. I'm not going to lie. I'm not on my feet, but you got me with that one. So I have to tell people that are listening. Jake always says something stupid as soon as I start the first intro of the show. And so this time. First one's never good, by the way, guys. I'm just saying. I I told Jake, I said, go ahead and get it out of the way before we start. And he said, no, I got something for you. Go ahead and start. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. Now that, I'm boys, crying. Let's go. now that I'm crying, um, so we haven't done a podcast in a while. Um, I think it's been about 10 days, but with whitetail season wrapping up pretty much around the country, I know some people, some folks are going to go until almost February, but you know, this is the last weekend in Oklahoma and I think Texas closed last, last weekend. So any place that we're going to be hunting is wrapping up. We wanted to talk about some of the biggest lessons that we have learned from the 2022 early 2023 deer season. So we're just going to go kind of round table bouncing between the three of us and talk about some of the lessons that we learned. So we were kind of talking about this a little bit beforehand and Christian was like, you know, going around me and Peyton, Hey, do you have anything to add? You know, yada, yada, yada. And I, I told him, I was like, well, what if you did everything perfectly, but the odds just what weren't in your favor this year? <laughs> what, what do you do when you do everything right? But God just spites you. He knows the answer to this. You don't listen to this podcast. That's a good answer. Yes. So I told Pate before we started, um, I have to get the tears out of my eyes before I answer this. We're going to start with Pate. We're going to go one, two, three, one, two, three. I think we'll do a couple lessons from each one of us. Cause although we had very similar seasons, cause we hunted a lot of the same places. Uh, I'm sure we've had a lot different experiences in a lot of ways. So, Nate, why don't you start us off with uh, lesson learned number one? Sounds good. I'm going to start with my punchline because I think my first one is the most important one. Um, <clears throat> got them all wrote down here. What I've wrote down is because things don't because things go wrong doesn't mean it's a failed hunt. Um, I've killed both of my bucks on hunts that probably weren't supposed to work out. Uh, with that being said, I had a lot of hunts where I was very very angry this year you know we had a lot of about everything that could go wrong go wrong um hunting in questionable spots having people walk in on us you know in spots that probably should have probably shouldn't have um you know on the first the first year that i shot in oklahoma on our lease uh walked in showed up really late walked to the wrong stand (laughs) when did everything and it's one of those hunts that you just get in the stand and you're like yeah, why am I here? This is just such a waste of time. I have ruined this all. So um, we have to we have to add a little bit of more details on that one. So seven days prior, I had shot a buck out of this lease. And there's like, what is there, like two or three stands on this place? There's one yes. stand that has like, 
I guess I sent Carol a pen to, I don't remember doing, but it basically like, I don't even think it has a ladder on the bottom of it. And there's definitely not anything worth hunting over there. But you called me and you're like, this was like literally at like daylight. You're like, Hey, uh, I'm at the stand. I don't think this is the right pin. <laughs> His wind is blowing towards all of the bedding on the whole property. I was like, where are you? He sends me a pin. I was like, you got to get out of there right now. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, yeah. Oh, trust me. I know, man. I was so mad. And it wasn't like, I had no reason to be mad. All I could do was sit there and laugh. I mean, I only drove, you know, four hours starting at midnight the night before just to go. Um, yeah, you were well rested. A one, yeah, well rested. I knew it was going to be a one day hunt. Um, if I didn't get it done in the morning, I could try in the evening, but yeah, like I said, it, I got up in the stand. I was mad. I was cold. Um, and you have those days where you just think this is just such a waste of time, but luckily, you know, I normally don't set till nine 30 cause I'm one of the guys like, well, if they're going to move, they're going to move, you know, <laughs> it's, it's deer. They're going to move early. Um, but I ended up sticking it out till nine 30 and, you know, stuff worked out. Um, that was one example. And then in Kansas, you know, I showed up, I, told myself I'm going to show up early and do all the right stuff. And I walked a lot further than I anticipated and got in a little late, wasn't fully set up, you know, and same situation where I thought, well, it's getting daylight. I'm not fully set up. There's just no way I've been too loud. I'm so far back here. I'm just, I just shimmied up a tree at that point. Um, Had people walk in as, you know, we were there for almost two weeks and had somebody walk in on us, you know, 70% of the hunts Um, got a lot, Got pretty discouraged, but long story short, like I said, just because things are going wrong, just don't give up. Um, it'll all work out in the end eventually. Maybe not this year, but at some point it will. So my baseball coach used to tell me, you can't polish a turd. And what you're telling me is you, you can polish a turd. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. See, I, I had the year that Dave had this year, but last year, the year before. I went through the same thing. I'm sorry. And I'm sorry. Yeah. I wasn't more sympathetic I, last year. I, yeah. <laughs> I, man, I was given two opportunities and I blew them both. And yeah, it came together this year. Thank God. Cause I you, was, I was one bad hunt from just, you know, unstrapping and jumping out the tree. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you know what I figured out about those bad years? You, if you only shoot two times, yeah, you might have a bad year. But if you shoot a, ha- a dozen times, eventually you're going to connect and it's going to be a good year. <laughs> That's right. But if you That's miss Michael every Scott's single time, you're going to throw your bow out of the tree and then race it down real quick. <laughs> so a, a chick that I follow that I've actually had on this podcast before, I, I shouldn't have said that because now everyone knows I've had very little women on this podcast. But she posted on her Instagram on an, about an antelope hunt she went on. She said she missed 17 times before she hit one. And I was like, first of all, who is your guide and how did he get you 18 shots? I'm saying. Yeah, but, well, props to her. Thank God for staying in there. And because after I missed five times, I would have put my bow or whatever I had underneath the truck and just said, put it in reverse. <laughs> Do we know the same guy from Boise City? I mean, with all those opportunities. No. <laughs> it's fine. And, they, don't, they don't know what we're talking about. It's fine. It's, yeah, it's fine. Um, that was a good one, Pete. I think that's a good one. So, uh, number one lesson is you can polish a turd that's a that's a good a bad hunt can be turned into a good one you just got to keep an optimistic attitude that's what i got from that and it's tough it's really tough man hunt's tough i mean it it makes you really question i i've had several times this season where i was on you know craigslist making the post (laughs) you know like i I was about to sell everything man you just say all right time to move on to something different we've all been there if you're lying if you say you haven't 
Dude, I I could get myself something nice if I decided to liquidate. Oh, I've got yeah. I've got one bag of Sitka gear that it, I've accumulated it over like seven years, but I'm like, dude, there's three thousand dollars worth of clothing in that bag right there. I'll put it up for fifteen hundred to sell it today. Yeah, that's what I've always told people is I can't go hungry because if I were to sell all my hunting stuff, I have ten thousand dollars right there ready to go to Vegas to double, you know. <laughs> okay, okay. Um, Jake, what do you got for us? What's what's your number one lesson learned? So I'm I'm gonna try to do these in like chronological order, okay. like to the beginning of the season. And this one I titled, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Meaning almost every year that we've kind of taken this public land things seriously, we have hung cameras religiously and checked them almost religiously throughout the summer, like two, even sometimes three times a month during the summer to find those bucks. And this year we kind of did a little different just because for some reason we threw Kansas into the mix and yeah, we scouted Kansas a few times, but we scouted uh, Southeast Oklahoma. We scouted more in Southeast Oklahoma in one month than we did all of Kansas. I think it like the whole summer and in a way that was fine. But, and again, you just got to, you know, do it to try it, to learn, I guess. But, uh, and to yeah, fail. Yeah. It, in our case we failed. Yeah. But I think that's something like being on both sides of it now, I think we need to stick with what works and that is a lot of scouting and a lot of moving cameras. And because it seemed like 2020 and even 2021, we kind of knew halfway what was going on in those areas. And so during our rotation, it's just like this year we didn't have any cameras there and we really didn't even have cameras where we scouted in uh, Kansas because when we went and checked them and then we hunted it and stuff, it was just the pressure was overwhelming. So it's basically like we didn't even scout anywhere when it's all said and done. So, and then during our rotation, it was like, we're, we're just hoping something cool walks by. And like, we, we don't know anything what's going on right now. And then here in the previous years, we kind of had it, you know, like, okay, I think this buck's over here. You know, there's a pretty good, there was a pretty good bachelor group over here. They're probably, you know, a mile back because of the pressure on the following Ridge. Like we didn't have any of that. So that's, that's, I think the biggest thing is if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Yeah, that was all new to us, you know, when we hunted in Kansas because we thought where we hunt in Oklahoma, oh man, it gets pressured, it gets pressured. It was absolutely nothing. Yeah, it was bad. Nothing compared to what we saw in Kansas. Well, because you drive up to a thousand acre piece in Kansas and you're like, all right, there's one good tree on this place and there's four trucks in the parking lot. You're like, all right, somebody's getting screwed. (laughs) (laughs) And it's going to be me more than likely. (laughs) And it's going to be me. Yeah. But uh, another thing Jake and I have been talking about too is um, those trail cameras pictures in the fall are like your hope juice. They're like the thing that uh, keeps you going when you're in the stand and nothing is working out. Like you have something to chase. It's almost like a visible goal. Whereas when you're just like hanging and hunting, you're like, well, I'm going to get in this tree and I know it's not going to work, but I'm going to try because I'm already here. You know, if you have a picture, you're like, I'm going in to kill this guy right here. I'm going to find him, stalk him, kill him. It's different when you don't have pictures. It sucks. Yeah. And that's the thing. Like, you know, you know the area or you think you know the area because, I mean, we all know during the rut, that could be three counties over. We don't know. But that's the thing that we learned in 2020. It's just like, okay, you know, seen them, tried to halfway pattern them, even though you can't really pattern them in the big woods because more than likely if you get one picture or one sighting, that's probably all you're going to get of them, like, to be honest. But, uh, 
just and then we try to do it a different way thinking we know the area well enough well we should have known like just from previous years that it, it changes constantly down there so i mean it's just it's just one of those things i think just you had to learn with time well that's the way that we did it in 20 and 21 and we had success both <clears throat> both years and to be honest even even in 2022 when we didn't have, have as much success we did have some we still had, were in the chips to some extent you know each one of us had call it a shot opportunity or not we all had somewhat right. of a shot opportunity but we but didn't we know didn't, we were in the chips until no. we were in the chips no and i like I like hunting an area. I like going after a specific buck. And that's kind of like some people might say, oh, it's public. Shoot the first thing that walks by. That's true to some extent. But even on public, it's it's so fun to chase that one buck, knowing everybody is probably chasing that one buck. It's, yeah. it's, it's just different. Hunting's tough. Peyton only hunts <laughs> private. <laughs> hey, don't, don't, don't go. No, don't, don't do that. It's one buck on public, and he thinks he's, you know, freaking – What's his name? Uh, Warb off the uh, hunting table. Oh, Aaron. I'll tell you what I think yeah. I am. I think I'm a freaking <laughs> problem, baby. <laughs> That's true. The Hunters Advantage podcast is powered by Out on a Limb Manufacturing. Out on a Limb is a family-owned company based right here in Oklahoma that makes tree stands, saddle platforms, climbing sticks, and so much more. Christian, I have a quick question. What's that? What bites sound harder, a hippo or an alligator? No idea. It's a trick question. The Ridge Runner 2.0 bites harder than both of them. But all jokes aside, we use these products all across the land on public or private. These help us get into any tree we want and hunt where the deer actually are. Most men go to the grocery store for their meat, but these products help you go to God's grocery store. I have used the Out on a Limb Ridge Runner 2.0 and the Shakar Sticks for the last few years hunting public land bucks, and I've actually shot several bucks out of this setup. If you want to support the podcast and get some Out on a Limb equipment, make sure to go to outonalimmfg.com and use code HNTA10 for 10% off at checkout. Once again, if you want to support the podcast, go to outonalimmfg.com and use code HNTA10 at checkout for 10% off. Now let's get back to the podcast. All right. All right I'll, I'll move into my first one. Uh, I learned this one in the very early season when we started to hunt Kansas. This had never really been an issue for me in the past, but um what I learned was zooming out and gathering a wider perspective is almost the stuff around where you're hunting is almost as important or more important than the stuff that you are hunting. So not hunting big ag in the past has made me focus on the places that I'm hunting and the terrain and the features that are actually there. Whereas this year, what made it different was, you know, a bean field maybe being half a mile away and there's a thick woody draw that I could get in, in between a bedding area and a food area that I could utilize that terrain to something that's way off on another section of land or way off on private. And someone who actually kind of educated me on this sort of stuff is, is Jairs. Jake Ayers does this really, really well. You know, he's like, Hey, there's beans here. There's bedding here. You could get in the middle here, even though those beans are half a mile or a mile away, you just know that those deer are going to go hit those in the early and late season. So zooming out and not just focusing on a piece of public, um, and what it has to offer helped me a ton. I mean, I literally shot my deer. There's not any trees on that public. I sat behind a rock and shot it on the ground, utilizing what was on private. So that's that's kind of what I learned. Yeah, no, uh, 
when, whenever you were saying that uh, before you said Jay Ayers, that's what I thought of when we were back at his uh, his place up in Kansas, and he was like, "Yeah, you know, I'm I'm sitting over here, and I'm like, where's the food? Like, you're you're sitting in a gra- granted." It could be good betting, right? But but he's I, I was I, for me. I'm thinking, yeah. I guess they can eat basically whatever they want. But you're sitting in what looks like a cattle pasture with a few select trees through there, and you're like, yeah. I'm just going to try to catch them coming from the beans. And she's like, where's the beans at? And he zooms out, and like two sections over, he's like, well, there's a big, pretty, pretty big bean uh, field right there. And I'm thinking, that's that's wild. Like I w- never would have thought of that. I would have looked at that piece of public and said. <laughs> Yeah. That's about it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you say zooming out, but at the same time, I would consider it zooming in of, <clears throat> you know, where can you capitalize on with what you have? That was the most philosophical thing I think I've ever heard you say. Zoom out? I call that <laughs> dialed <laughs> down. Yeah. Dialed in, baby. I would say, like, it, it's kind of a kind of off of what you said of here's what I have. How can I capitalize with what I have? You know, you look at the broad scope, but sometimes you don't have, you know, you don't have the bedding, you don't have the food, you don't have the water, all that. So where can you capitalize? And that's, I've got a lot better over that the last few years, because I mean, shoot, I had <laughs> three years ago. I didn't deer hunt. Would you consider that an overlooked area? Definitely could be. I'm just trying to throw out the most cliche type ordeal people talk about on podcasts but that's a good point that pate made is like very rarely are you going to find that honey hole that has everything you need in that one spot usually it's going to be spread out and those deer don't know that 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 ag field is private well except when deer season starts uh yeah i think they all get together that night before and they're like all right boys as we know i was the first i'm take a nap right here yeah yeah, tomorrow's the first. We know where we can and where we cannot be. Yeah, but you're not going to get all of those things on one piece of property typically. So zooming out and seeing what different features that the deer are going to use in different properties, whether that's public or private, I think that you can exploit that and uh, kill a deer, even if there isn't bedding. I mean, I had travel on the piece of public. I shot my buck. There was no bedding, very little bedding, no food. It looked like crap. So that's a good example of it. Pate, what's your number two? Um, mine progressively get worse as we go down the list. Um, so I'm going to go with my second best. Um, I have wrote down here, you may prepare at 200, maybe more more than 200 of the days you know, of the year um, just for one opportunity. So be fully prepared. Um, don't, don't half-ass it. So... I mean, I, I look at it where the first, you know, two years, I definitely wasn't prepared. Um, I didn't shoot my bow in the off season. There's a lot of little things that you can do. I mean, if you think about it, man, if you just shoot your bow, you know, once every other day for 15 minutes, you're going to, you're going to be prepared. Um, having all the equipment, you know, (laughs) not sleeping in an extra 15 minutes. There's just so many things that one can do to be more prepared because I've looked at it being a lot more grateful this year, you know, as, as we mature of I'm going into an environment, um, trying to beat an animal at their own game. You know, that's, that's what they do for a living is live. <laughs> that's their one goal is, yeah, is, is <laughs> to survive. So I feel like I owe it to the animal and I tried to do a lot better, um, by not just, you know, half ass and stuff this year. That's a good point. Do yeah, you, so. 
do you feel like shooting your bow in the summer and not knocking the cobwebs off off of it at like September 15th? Do you think that made a difference in like how comfortable you were at full draw? Oh man, you have no idea. Cause we both know I couldn't hit water if I fell out of a boat two years ago um, with my bow. I mean, I could, when it came down to this shot, I could, I could hit a target, you know, very well. I could shoot very well, but um, just the practice and the repetition over and over and putting myself, you know, you got to put yourself in uncomfortable situations and this year, I haven't, <laughs> I have yet to have a shot where everything worked up, you know, worked out perfectly of, oh, I can stand up. I can take my time. I can shoot this deer, you know, everything just like, oh, shoot, oh, shoot, oh, shoot. You know, like everything happens so fast. I have yet to have a deer, you know, even at the feeder on the lease where it was just like trying to get the camera ready. It's windy. I couldn't stand up because there's five deer all at the feeder just it's not always as easy as it seems. So be prepared, put yourself in uncomfortable situations and I mean, test yourself. That's because not I, I'm going to go out. Method. Oh, sorry. What were saying? Jake? Oh no, go for it. I was going to say, it's not always as easy as you think, you know, you might prepare. Oh, I've got a feeder. I've got this. I got that. Well, you're probably not going to be able to stand up, take your time, get the perfect shot. So just practice and be prepared, I guess. And that's not only with the bow either, because that, that actually cost me a deer like, I don't know if it was September or October where I wasn't familiar with the saddle because I bought the saddle. Like it was going, it was supposed to get in like the, a few days before we left for our first Kansas hunt. And I was like, Oh, you know, a saddle can't be that hard to learn and like set up and get comfortable with. I was lying to myself because that, that first, my first set out of a saddle, I didn't even, I forgot to bring my sticks because I wasn't used to packing sticks. What, you know, like just the whole setup. I was just like, oh yeah, no, I brought the sticks. It was a stick strap. Yeah, your straps. That's yep. what it was. And so actually my first sit, I wasn't even able to sit in the saddle. Luckily some old man left his stand there uh, on some uh, Weehaw. But uh, whenever I sat in Carol's spot on the lakeside and then had that 140 come in, I didn't know what I was doing in that saddle. Like I was... I thought I was set up the right way, but when it came to like swinging stuff, everything seemed so foreign to me that, that, I mean, it was just almost like an, it felt like an impossible task at the moment. And then now it's like, fine, but that's the thing. I feel like if I would have had, if I was comfortable in the saddle, you know, maybe had a few sits under my belt or just something along those lines, even if I set it up in the backyard, uh, in the summer, it's like, that might've been the difference. It's, I was listening to wired to hunt the other day and they were talking about how like micro, decisions and or yeah it was is with it was with casey and and tyler of the element and they were talking about how those very small decisions and very small differences are the difference between killing a deer and not you think about it like two seconds of not fiddling with something is the difference between shooting a deer and then walking away forever it's the difference between you wrapping your hands around 140 inches of bone or you going yeah i saw a nice one that's the difference and it's like that's nuts because the thing is even when you're prepared the deer still has all the odds yeah it still has all the odds even to the moment that you shoot that arrow it still has a chance of getting away even if you put it perfect so it's like having everything dialed beforehand that's like i think that's like the baseline because there's still crap that can go wrong even after that carol yeah. didn't your arrow come off the rest when you tried to shoot your your big one <laughs> yeah dude i haven't had a good shot yet where nothing where i can pull back my bow and actually shoot i mean man yeah on the one that i shot at the least my arrow came off and then the one i shot in kansas i shot at 12 yards and went three foot over its back and was like 
What? How is that even possible? I don't. I could throw the bow and get closer than that arrow. <laughs> I could literally throw an arrow, and then I looked down, and my scroll reel was on fifty six, and I was like, Ah, oh, that. yeah, that makes sense. So uh, yeah, it just man, you get in those situations, your heart's pounding, and you're like, Oh, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't know what I'm doing. I don't know what I'm doing at all. That's how I feel, at least. So, what were you thinking when your arrow like falls out of the rest, and you're at full draw, and like your biggest bow book ever? Are you like, Of course. Uh, all you could do is laugh. I mean, at that point, my heart's pounding, and I just kind of chuckle, like, "Yeah, dude, this happens every time. I'll find a way." There's, there's I'll find just, a way. <laughs> there's just, there's just no way that just I, I'll never have that time, and I've already accepted the fate that I'm always going to have to mess around with something and try to come up with a makeshift right before because I. So basically, it. adversity is your friend. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, it's, are, it's taking me three years. So I'm kind of figuring point. out how to piece, you know, put the puzzle pieces together to actually get the shot and it work out. But yeah, the same, you know, to reiterate on, on hunting out of the saddle, I butchered my shot in Kansas. That deer should not have died. I was in a panic. I was messing with my scroll wheel. He was kind of taking off and, you know, walking fast and I was trying to stop it. But I, you know, that was the difference, you know, Christian, that you said is one second is I had a shot window of probably one foot and I just happened to stop the deer perfect in that shot window, butch, absolutely butchered the shot, hit it very high along, almost backstrapped it, but it was so dark. I didn't even know where I hit. I heard the thump and was like, okay, that's a start. That's a start. Got an arrow in him. Yeah. Got an arrow in him. Don't know where I hit it. Don't know anything whatsoever, but I know that I hit the deer, but yeah, that was, you know, one more second and I, I hit a tree or I never have a shot, you know, one more second. Yeah. That's a good one. I think that's a pretty good segue into my next one, which is, uh, if it's meant to be, it, 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 it'll happen. Basically, if it's meant to be, it's meant to be. And that sounds very philosophical. But uh, yeah, like starting back in 2020, I shouldn't have shot either of those deer in 2020. Because the biggest buck of my life, I spined after it walked up directly behind me and made eye contact. Probably probably downwind. Yeah, it probably was downwind at the time. And it still decided to just put its head down and walk 30 yards from me. And then I happened to spine it. And then moving back to this year, where I sighted in my gun two weeks before. Hey, don't act like that was a thirty-yard shot. Don't give yourself that much credit. It it, it could have been twenty-four. This one, I mean, <laughs> it could have been fifteen. It wasn't fifteen, but I'm just saying, like, it was meant to be, obviously. But then, like, saying this year, I've had like I've seen a multitude of deer, and nothing happened for me. Now, granted, I was only after one on private and on the privates where I've seen most of the good bucks, but, uh, like that one buck I was after on private, I sighted in my gun two weeks before I brought my gun. Cause I was like, if this sucker steps out, I don't care if I, if I poke it with a bullet or an arrow, like I just want that thing in the bed of my truck and sighted it in. It was fine. And then I take it out there. I see, see the buck I'm shooting at 30 out six around 200 yards away. I don't think that's a very far shot with the 30 out six. I would think I'm not too gun savvy. But uh, ended up completely missing it. Well, I shot it two times, and and at the end of those two shots, I was like, I don't think I hit it. And obviously, long story short, called you guys. I went over to an, a buddy's to shoot the gun, and it wouldn't even hit a pallet at 175 yards. Like, I mean, a full-fledged, like, the pallet that, you, you know, if you buy a lot of uh, deer feed, those big old pallets, and it was, like, wrapped with paper, and he just stuck a sticker on it, didn't he hit the pallet at 175 yards. My that's scope. crazy because you usually at least hit a half pallet. Like your your group there Something. is usually at least like that. 
it 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 blew me away how how like bad it was off but the scope was i guess loose or something because we did tighten down the scope and all, everything and after that everything was like kosher but that's just one of the things like that just wasn't meant to be and like there was there was mul- like a, multiple times this year where you know it just wasn't meant to be like i had a nice like a pretty big seven like wide seven come come through the same spot and I wear glasses most of the time or every time I hunt now. And so uh, the only reason I don't wear them like when I'm podcasting stuff because of glare and, and all that good. But uh, I couldn't range it. Like it's hard to range in those glasses. And plus when it's like dim light, you don't know, you know, like you take your glasses off to range and then you're kind of like discombobulated because A, it's blurry and it's like, okay, am I even on the right tree now to range of where he's going to walk? And it's just that ordeal. Nothing happened like, buttery smooth and i know it's hunting and it's not supposed to happen buttery smooth but i'm saying all that to say this if it's meant to be it'll happen and if it's not you just kind of gotta choke it up and move on and i'm kind of i don't want to hide too much behind the uh oh i'm just blessed i'm able to hunt ordeal because would i rather <laughs> wrap my, my hands around bone nobody feels that way yeah you know what i mean but like, the opportunity right i'm not trying to hide too much behind that but then again i am because just like you know what i've seen a lot of good bucks this year i should be happy hide too much behind that i am thankful i'm just gonna put that out there but yeah i mean it's just if it's meant to be it'll happen if not it sucks yeah you can be grateful and not be satisfied you know um, yeah it's like 100%. i'm happy that i went to colorado and tried to elk hunt for like three days one time <laughs> i'm not satisfied that they ate seven hundred dollars from me though you know yeah, that's just a tag homie <clears throat> there's something you can derive from everything from every season but still I think, I think that's the, I take that same approach to like, if you're meant to, if a deer is meant to be yours, it's meant to be yours, but don't take that as an excuse to be like, bro, I didn't shoot my bow all summer, but if God wants me to get one, I'll get one. You know? Yeah. <laughs> don't, don't do I that. prayed really, really hard <laughs> September 31st. So it should work all I prayed all night. So it should work. <laughs> Some people will take that as a, as they'll take that that way. And that's not what we mean when we say no. that. We mean the ultimate, from the moment that, that arrow leaves your bow, whatever happens after that, after you've executed a good shot, that's what we mean by if it's meant to be. Sometimes you hit a deer perfect and you don't find it. Sometimes you hit a deer in the back hip and it falls over and gives up. You just don't, you just really don't know. <laughs> I'm serious. Yeah. Like, you, you yeah, never sometimes know. Sometimes you shoot him in the back strap and you're named Peyton in Kansas and you're just like, thank you, God. Thank you, God. Dude, I mean... Everybody, anyone that says they don't have those sort of scenarios is a liar. I shot my biggest buck this year. Dude, hit him right behind the shoulder, didn't even go into the cavity, and then shot him basically quartering all the way away in the back hip and and got him. It's like, but I've blasted through does before, full pass through, sticking half the arrow in the ground on the other side, and it's like, can't find them. Why? (laughs) That happens. I shot one in the butt, my very first bow kill ever. Shot it in the butt a doe right above the uh where the poop exits at basically and uh ended up finding that one literally no blood i literally got down 30 minutes later after walking and i heard it fall meant to be it's meant to be all right i think we beat that one um one that i would say um maybe this is me still a little salty at our, our rut trip but i would say bow hunt your best spots during the pre-rut and rut um 
whether that's public or private. So for us, that is, uh, that's our best spots are naturally going to be on private because the lack of pressure and we keep speak, food speak for yourself. Well, you, your best spots are on private too. <laughs> yeah, don't no. lie. Um, our best spots are on private, and we've generally, for the last three years, taken the best spots that we had and kind of put them on the back burner in the pursuit of hunting public. And at the end of the day, you need to have a good experience. Like we hunted public a ton before the rut, and basically uh, just went out there and hunted the rut too. And it was like, why am I doing this? Like you're you're in deer camp and public land and you're like your phone's getting blown up by like cell cam pictures of like mature deer daylighting you're like why am i trying to go past jim bob and jimbo to get to my stand when i could be hunting a deer that is killable right now and so the way that we've kind of thought about you know getting over that is like you know maybe going a second week in november or um only going one week uh on public or just being flexible on uh the right weather days and hunting the best part of your seasons on the places that give you the best odds of shooting a mature deer just my thoughts i think we were going to do that but then you were like i'd live 10 hours away so i'm just going to make this one big swoop i wanted to <laughs> didn't feel like I'm you missed it two days i'm just going to give you crap until you moved to oklahoma that's all that's a good that's a good tactic slowly just wear me down mm-hmm. um no, but have you, you guys have definitely had those experiences. When we were at our trip this year, Jake, you were like, daylight, mature bug. No, yeah. Like, I only had like, I only say only, but like, there was like five good deer that, that five shooters on this piece of property that I was like, you know what? One of these walked by, it'd probably get the smoke. And one of those where it was like, hi, I'm at the corn feeder. Where are you? Grinding it out on public. Two and a half hours away. <laughs> But has that ever happened to you, Pate, or no? Because you refuse to buy cell cams, you smooch off your friends. All right, first of all, that's incorrect. <laughs> Just because you have two. And what I have is one. answer B? Not- <laughs> <laughs> I, I I bought a cell cam. You just chose to put it in a bad spot. I actually, uh, that's been our best spot. <laughs> yeah, that's that's true. We got a lot of traffic through there. It was it was different for me because this was the first year that we actually had the lease. And, you know, that I'm going to assume I'm next. And that is a great point because that's my third and final point of the pressure off your shoulders. Um, I didn't have a lot of pressure on my shoulders this year going into public because we had both shot, um, shot a deer on our lease. So that helped out a lot. Um, And again, that was my third and final point is don't, you know, don't let the time of the year get in your head. Don't let the pressure get to you. Remember why you're out there. Um, yeah, I, I didn't have a lot of pressure. So the public land wasn't too hard on me this year. Now, after about the 12th or 13th day, it was where I was getting super, super frustrated. Um, but yeah. You got the right kind of frustrated, though. You got the kind of frustrated that it's like, I want to get one even more now, not like the... I'm going to put all my stuff in my truck and drive home <laughs> kind of thing. I mean, I did yeah. it too. So, yeah, I, I mean, we were there. I knew that with work and our situations of we're here, this is the time, you know, we're, we're running into people, but this is the time of year. If, if we're going to do it, this is our best time to do it. Um, and just thank, thank God it worked out because yeah, I was public land has not worked out for me the last two, three years. And finally it did on the last day of when it really need, when it really needed to, 
because like I said, I was, we get down in the dumps. I mean, people don't understand you do, you get frustrated, you get down in the dumps. I mean, you get emotional. You do. I mean, you're, you're, you're not running on a lot of sleep. You're running on little Debbie's only. Ellie, you're lucky if Arby's is, you know, still open. Sometimes you get an hour away. Yeah. An hour away. Casey's breakfast pizza. Okay. So, <laughs> so <laughs> yeah, I mean, just don't let the pressure get to you. I know Jake, that you had a lot of pressure this year and that's what I felt the last two years. And it was re- it was getting to you, and you said it's oh it is, but it's not. It is, but it's not. It is, and it does. Well, it wasn't it then does. because I was like, you know what? I got a freaking hundred and forty inch of waiting on on me like somewhere late November. That's what I was yeah. thinking. That that's what what was getting me through. And that I was like, that's the only thing that was getting me through public is the private I can hunt in the future. And it's just like, if I didn't have that private, I would have been like, oh, my alarm went off. It's four a.m. They can go f himself. You know, like I'm sleeping in. And I think the best thing, I, I truly do, because I, I got a story, you know, the first time when I was 18 years old, I went to the casino and I won. And it was the worst thing that could ever happen is you never <laughs> want to go to the casino and you win, right? Well, deer hunting was the opposite. My first two years, I got beat. I lost every single time I got it out of that truck. I lost that battle my first two years. But now this year when it's finally starting to come together, it really, you know, you really appreciate it. And I just, like I said, the pressure is just not there because I've had my butt beat. I've lost, you know, I've had those years where if I, again, next year, if I go through and I don't get a shot, I'm like, Hey, I've been here. I've done, I've been here. I've done that. You know, it's okay. You don't have to kill a deer every year. You don't have to, it's fine. It's okay. Not everybody does. Coming from that mindset this year, it's not okay. It, it's not, it's not fun, but the only thing that gets me through it is like that little participation award that I have in the back of my head. I'm like, you know what? You did everything you could. You tried your little, your yeah, little nobody artist. else knows that. Though. And, and it's just like, that's the only thing that's getting me through, but you know what? That's not putting any more bone on my wall. And that's what still upsets me. And it's just like, I'm not trying to make this a bone game or anything like that or a pity party, but it's just like, you know what? I, I hunted a lot this year, like more than I probably ever hunted in my life. And I've yet to shoot even a doe. And it's just like, it's January 9th or 10th or whatever. Not because you today. couldn't have, though. Yeah. You could have shot does. I mean, but yeah, I could have. But the thing is, is like the opportunities I did try to take. That but you also, you know, the opportunities that a lot of people don't know the opportunities, you know, unless they listen in, obviously. But you've had other opportunities that you could have that we all know that, hey, if you would have taken every opportunity that you had, man, you're killing two bucks. I mean, everybody here, if, we, if everybody took the opportunity that we were given, we're all killing two bucks in Oklahoma and one buck in Kansas. We are, but we got, we matured. We weren't, we're a little stingy with ourselves and you know, I'm glad, I'm glad we were. That's the thing that is, Oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, actually, no, I'm going to say it. I'm going to forget it. I'm so sorry. (laughs) (laughs) No, what I was saying is like, it's, it's also like, I don't want to say minuscule, but like, if we would have passed those deer in Kansas, like the first really good deer we seen in Kansas, and we would have shot, you know, a 150 come November, we'd have been like, I'm the smartest man alive. But since it just fell in the other category, it's just like, damn, I'm an idiot. But that's just the fine line between an idiot and a genius, I guess. I mean, whether it works or not. You roll the dice and see how they fall. Yeah. I mean, you're taking your chance. Don Higgins, uh, he was quoting somebody in one of his videos that I was listening to, and he said, we should be judged more on what we pat, what we choose not to shoot than what we shoot. And that one was like, oh, 
Like, because I think about that. There's been years where I've been friends with Jake Ayers and he hasn't shot a deer. And I'm like, Jake, dude, you've passed 150 inch deer this year. How does how does that not eat you up inside? You know? And he's like, it's fine. I don't need to kill one. I've killed some. He's like, I just didn't see anything I want worth putting my tag on. Now, I'm not that guy, pal, because I'll shoot, <laughs> 100, I'll shoot 120 inch deer on public without even blinking twice. But yeah. Man, I, I passed the, you know, the one that was like 115, 120 this year opening. I mean, first, not opening morning, but the morning that we got there. Yeah. yeah. And man, I looked back and I was like, Peyton Carroll, what are you thinking? What are you doing? The one I shot in Kansas is smaller than the one that I passed up in Oklahoma. But at the same time, I look back and think, dang, you know, but. That would have been your first mountain like buck too, besides the one from last year. 11 pointer. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the 11 pointer. Yeah, it would have been. And I think about that a lot now. I'm like, man, you know what? Not everybody's going to shoot a 169 like Justin did or a 162 like Jake did a few years before. It is fun to be in camp and just when you get in truck the truck with everybody, arrows have been flung. There's bloody arrows laying all over the place and people are just shooting bucks and that's just I just love that like if I'm holding back because a deer is 117 and not 125, I'm missing some of the point, you know, because yeah. like shooting a nice deer is fun. If you're going to put it on the wall, blast. That's that's one thing that like pisses me off a little bit. It's like when I see a bloody arrow, like one of y'all's quivers, and I'm thinking, oh, what is it? And they're like, pig. And I'm just like, okay, awesome. Dope. Like, rinse it off with a water bottle before you come pick me up next time. Like, don't get my hopes up. I got you though one time, Jake, because I uh, I shot that buck and I shot a pig in that first morning, and then I was like, yeah. "Yep, shot that buck." And then I was like, "Oh, I also shot a pig." And you're like, "Oh, so this is a pig?" Like all no, the no, right. like I I will not believe it until I'm like, "Okay, show me the video." True. Yeah, I get overexcited, man. Like I, every single time we walk back to the truck, and I'm like, first thing you're like, "Hey, did you see anything?" I'm like, "Let me see your damn quiver right now." <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, and then sometimes you all mess with me and turn that light on, or, and all that, and yeah. I'm like, well, that's the thing. I like, get so excited, man, because I get that inner warrior. I'm like, "Did you get one? Did you? <laughs> did you? Is there blood? Yeah, let me see it." No, well, you sit there with no signal, and especially. Like in that mountainous area, you can't see sometimes, but 40 yards. And so it's like, I've been staring at the same and it's just, and you're lucky if you see two birds. (laughs) And so you're like, okay, you know, I'm not like, I'm having a horrible time, but Hey, maybe someone else is like, like in the money right now. I don't know. And so you walk back and you're just like, man, I'm hungry. I'm thirsty. I need to take a poo, but I don't have any toilet paper. And and these are good socks. So like, I'm going to hold it. And then all of a sudden you roll up and someone, you know, has a lighted knock with, with, great blood on fletchings you're like let's go like that's a great feeling all of your all of your problems wash away at that (laughs) moment you're you're no no longer longer tired (laughs) (laughs) it's like i do but some people might not no but you're like someone's like dude i got one down and it's a mile back there and you're like we'll figure that out later son we got a deer down but let's go that's why i bought it to (laughs) Mm -hmm. yeah had you just did you give your your third one jake or is it my turn uh did i give the third one i don't know okay no i didn't but i want you to go first because we might have the same third one i i kept passing this off just because i thought it was going to be one of yours oh, okay okay um no my third one is, is fairly simple and i think it's somewhat related to uh carol's um one of carol's but 
practice, practice, practice is one of mine. Um, I got after our two week long trip, you know, and Thanksgiving and a week off and getting catching back up on work. I got somewhat um, complacent in shooting my bow where it kind of collected some cobwebs in the middle part of the season. And I picked right back up where I left off, but without shooting my bow this time um, in the early part of December. And what happened was I went on a big seven um, on one of our, one of our leases in Southwest Oklahoma. And my shot sequence wasn't nearly as crispy as it had been before in the past. So it was like, as soon as I, my pen settled on the bottom part of that deer, I would usually start, you know, letting that pin float a little more and getting closer uh, up the, up the body. And as I'm squeezing and pulling through my shot, well, the shot just broke earlier than I thought it would. Cause I hadn't been shooting my bow and it just blasted through the deer. And I thought I barely nicked the bottom of him, and I was super upset. But what ended up happening was I hit the heart. Luckily, this was totally luck because it was a bad shot. You mean and it was meant to be whatever you whatever name you want to <laughs> slap a label on it, but it, it was just a bad shot, and it was a re, it was in a direct correlation of me not being sharp. You know, I lost my sharpness in that month long period, and you know that should have been a wounded deer running away, and it wasn't. And what I would tell myself if I could um, just preach to myself would be practice, practice, practice. Just keep staying sharp. What you don't use, you will lose. And I noticed that in the last part of the season. That is a good tip because I bet you there's a lot of people and including myself who, as soon as season starts, just like, okay, why would I go out and shoot? Like if I'm going to, if I have the time to go out and shoot, why don't I just run out there to deer stand real quick? Right. And then you like that, but that's on like private. I mean, it could be public, I guess, depending on how close you live. But then it's just like, okay, if you're on that rotation and you don't shoot at a target or you forget to bring a bag target or something during that rotation, whether it be three days to a week long, it's going to get thrown around in the back of the truck. Site might get bumped. Just check up on those things too. It might be on 56 yard scroll wheel like Pete. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, man. Yeah. If I, <laughs> if I wouldn't have got that deer, I probably would have got rid of the scroll wheel right then and there. Cause I, the bad thing was, is I just got through giving you so much crap, Jake, for doing that same thing. You know, and then happens. I turned around and did it. The only reason but I I'm say a big butt slayer, so I made it work out in the end. Well, <laughs> I'm kidding. That that was crazy. I, I I called that deer back in with my mouth too. Say, did you say come back? And he was yeah, like, pretty much. I looked up at God and I said, "I think you still owe me one." <laughs> Remember last season? Yeah, yeah, pretty much. All right, Jake, what do you got for us? Last one. Uh, I don't know if this is already said or not. Or a, or a uh, version of it, but the shoot what makes you happy. I know Ooh. we discussed this before, but you had a run-in with that in Kansas. Carol had a run-in with that in Southeast on his opening evening buck there. And then I had a run-in with it come October in Kansas. Uh, all three of those were good bucks that I'm sure we would all be happy to fill our tags on. And we passed it just for that hope of something bigger, kind of like you were saying, like why pass a 117 just because it's five inches off your mark or, or whatever it may be. And uh, yeah, that's, that's one of the things. And especially like in a new state, like, yeah, I mean, in our situation, it was Kansas. Like that would have been your first Kansas buck. 
that would have been my first Kansas buck. That would have been Peyton's first mountain deer. And just one of those things, like, why are you trying to automatically shoot a 140 in a brand new area when you haven't even, you know, did the, did the basic stuff first? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. That's like a newbie jumping into bow hunting and being like, I'm only going to hold out for a 130 this year. And it's just like, no, you need to shoot deer. That's what you need to do. Exactly. Well, and you think about it on the last day of your rutcation. If that is, if it's day seven of your seven day trip and the buds are fixing to ring and that deer walks by, would you be smiling ear to ear to, oh to my take God. it? Well, the thing is, be. and that's what upsets me even more knowing like Kansas season's already done and over with is I would have been happy. I would have been happy there to wrap my hands around that buck on the first day. Yeah. And it's just like, why? Like, but the thing is, it's like that whole situation, like Jay, like Jay Ayers was, uh, was like saying, oh yeah, I passed that one. And if you all don't know the video, it's either on Instagram or TikTok or something of a dude that was kind of creeping through this, this like tall grass. And all of a sudden he lifts his phone up, it's phone footage. And there's just this, how big do you think that deer was? Probably low fifties. Just a nice, it had flyers, just a beautiful Kansas bug. And he's like, yeah, I didn't, I didn't want to shoot that one. And I'm thinking old buck. Yeah. If he's seeing those and like they own land up there and stuff. And I'm like, if, 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 uh, he's seeing those and like, isn't shooting, then I should probably be okay with passing this buck. I thought, God, we suck. I thought I was like, dude, he's seeing those. I haven't seen anything with four legs in three days. I need to sell my stuff. Yep. Yep. So, but I mean, like I said, you don't know until you do it. And the best lessons to learn are the ones where, you fail. So yeah, that's, that's where we're at. And if you, uh, we talked about this a little bit, but if you zoom out and like, we get so down into the nitty gritty of this year, I got to do this, this year, this, this year. And you know, you come out with your list and your goals. If you zoom out in a five year period of time and you shoot two or three good scoring bucks, heck even one on public land in a five year period of time, you're doing pretty good you're doing pretty good. You know, everyone thinks that if you don't shoot that eye scoring buck every single year on public that you suck. No, that's not true. That is not true at all. Coop Peyton's brother, probably one of the best run and gun public land dudes that we know that we know personally. So. Yeah. He didn't kill one on public this year. If he can't kill one on public, I, I freaking can't, you know what I mean? But you know, you go look at his average over a decade, and it's like, oh, <laughs> yeah, he's, he's averaging more average. than one good one a year. Yeah, when people are texting me, hey, did your brother kill one? It's like, why don't you ask if I killed one, you know? Huh? What about me? <laughs> well, yeah, because they, they know that apple fell far <laughs> yeah. from the tree, you know? Yeah. Like, that thing got, <laughs> got picked up by a bird and carried off and got dropped in the pond, and then you know the rest. Yeah, no, I, I completely agree. Like, you know, that's what I was saying earlier. Is you don't You don't have to kill one every year. Speak for yourself. But it's fun to do. Selfish man. Yeah, to kill two say, this y'all year. are from like the inside. Hey, listen, out I've, right been, now, I've okay? been there. I'm like knocking at the door, like, let me in. Man, I've been there. I've been there, and we're all going to have those years. And I, I probably, I might not have another year like I had this year for another 10 years. I don't know. And that's why I'm so happy and just thanking God each time of, well, at least I had one. At least I had one year like this. So, he does love yeah. me. You can go back in. <laughs> <laughs> he does love me. <laughs> yeah the more deer that i shoot and the more they're on the wall after a crappy weekend i walk in i'm like oh you don't suck as bad you just suck this year you've been decent other years yeah and that's that's the one way that i look at it too is 
you know, hunting people don't understand is you get your butt beat 98% of the time. Like 98% of the time people don't understand of the deer on my wall. Yeah, I hunted three years before I got one like that. Like you you lose 98% of the time. But it just, you know, like what you guys said um, two years ago is Carol, it just takes one. It just takes one. Hang in there. Hang in there. But when it's not working, you're like, yeah. it takes none. I'm going home. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> it might take one, but it's going to take next year to do it. So, yeah. When you're sitting in the tree and there's like a good college football game on, you're like, why am I wasting my time? I'm hungry. I can't watch anything. This sucks. But then you shoot one and you're like, yes. Oh, yeah. Yeah. The cool. most impressive one to me this all this whole year was when everyone was gone and Carol ended up shooting one in Kansas by himself. In Guys, the morning, you too, had you had no to idea. wake up. You had no idea how scared I was because I was like 0.97 miles back there. I this it was a 180 pound deer, and I was like, I'm fat. I'm fat. <laughs> I can't, I barely, guys, I barely got back here with my saddle. How am I, after I got this thing, how am I walking out with another 150 pounds on me? It's okay. The thing is though, is you weren't, you weren't in the, uh, how how am I going to word this? The closer portion of Kansas. You were in the, uh, where we started out at. Our limits. (laughs) Yeah. So you were up there. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't think I, I, I was surprised that I actually woke up that morning and went, but Thank God I did. So I will, I was sleeping in that next day. Like I drove all the way from Kansas to Texas and I was like in bed. I woke up at like 10 30 AM. Carol's called me three times. I was like, he shot a deer. I was like, Oh no. Oh <laughs> either, no. Either he shot a deer or he's like still hanging in the tree. Like so yeah. help me. <laughs> <laughs> but no, answered, I wouldn't have called. I just would have let it happen. If answers, I fell out of the tree, I won't call you guys. <laughs> Carol answers the phone. He's like, <sighs> and I'm like, what's up? He's like, shot a deer. Probably got it 400 yards from where I shot it. I don't know what I'm going to do, man. <laughs> it was awesome, though. It was That was a good memory. Yeah, dude, that was humbling. That was such a humbling experience where I'm like, yeah, I'm just I'm not cut out to be a warrior because my fat butt could not get this thing back to camp. I'm surprised you didn't just go, okay, I have no more tags in Kansas. My truck will fit down this trail. I want to put two and two together here. Grip it and rip it. <laughs> The game warden give you a ticket afterwards, but hey, listen, I'm gonna I'm gonna load this up first. I almost called him and said, "Hey, dude, you can give me the ticket. Just come out here and help me load this thing. <laughs> I'll take the ticket. Can you drive back there for me?" So, and yeah. just to clarify, like he didn't do anything wrong, like tag wise or any of that. It's just you're not allowed to drive back on that trail. So that's the situation about when we were talking about the fine. Yes, just want to yes. clarify that. Hundred percent. Well. um, I think that wraps that pretty much wraps it up for me. Nine lessons, the biggest lessons from 2022. Um, there was a lot of them. I mean, there's a lot more like, you know, carry toilet paper in your bag always. Like, those are but, tactical. We'll talk about yeah. those. Dude, yeah, yeah. I was going to say, I got a good story for that one. Our first all day set, I think, in Kansas, man. Yeah, that's that's biggest lesson learned is carry TP. At all times. Carol was, hear it was begging me to get down <laughs> to bring him something. Yeah, I was texting Jake. said, hey, bro, you coming up to Kansas Day? And he said, yes. Where are you at? I'm hungry and I need toilet paper. Oh, that was that day? No. Yeah, <laughs> man. That was a really, really awesome but rough day. I saw like 40 deer that day, but. Stuff. It cost you. All right. Well, we're going to wrap this one up there. Biggest lessons for 2022 deer season. 
we'll do some things differently this next season because of the things that we learned in this one. Thank you guys for listening. Before we go. (laughs) (laughs) Big Daddy signing out. See you at the top. Jesus loves you. <laughs> Before we go, make sure to check out our videos on YouTube. We got a bunch more that we posted since we left last podcast. So check us out on TikTok, Instagram, Facebook if you're over 67 years old. And we will catch you guys in the next episode. Bye. Thank you guys so much for checking out the Hunter's Advantage podcast. If you enjoyed the episode, make sure to leave us a rating and review on Apple Podcast, Spotify, YouTube, or wherever you listen to the podcast. Thank you guys so much, and we'll see you in the next episode.